ETL Echo presents Where the Love Light Gleams by Monster Lead Me Home. Hermione's hands flew to her hips as she let out a huff of exasperation. A wild curl bounced off her forehead from the action. How had two perfectly normal magical people acquired so many belongings? There were boxes piled upon boxes, stacked next to furniture, stacked next to more boxes. At least they were able to use magic to move most of the items in. Her lower back was perfectly fine, an improvement from when she had to help her parents move and had to do everything the muggle way. She had been sore for days after. As she was contemplating the modest flat and how everything was going to fit, two arms slithered around her waist and a pointy chin rested atop her head. Still sure about this? His breath tickled her ear. When did you accumulate so much junk, Draco? She turned around in his arms and crinkled her nose as he kissed her forehead. I guess I'm just more sentimental than you give me credit for. He winked for emphasis. Hermione sighed and buried her head in her boyfriend's chest. In truth, she wasn't sure about cohabitation. Their relationship had gotten off to a rocky start, to say the least. Former school rivalry notwithstanding. She'd been partnered with him on a special project at the ministry, and he had fought her every step of the way. Their casual antagonism culminated in an argument that ended up with her tongue in his mouth and his hand up her skirt. That was nearly a year ago. She wondered if it was enough time to really... know. You still didn't answer my question, he prodded, absentmindedly running his hands up and down her spine. She looked up into his stormy eyes, the same ones that had seen right through all her bullshit and slowly torn down her walls, and her resolve strengthened. She loved this man with her whole heart. I've never been more sure about anything. She pushed up onto her toes to kiss him. Draco growled and pulled her closer one hand drifting down over her denims to squeeze her ass. He deepened the kiss, tongue licking into her mouth to taste her. She moaned and briefly contemplated what space was free of clutter for a quickie, but just then Crookshanks wound between her legs and meowed loudly. Hermione stumbled back a bit before Draco caught her. Thanks, buddy, he muttered in Crook's direction. He just needs some time to adjust to having another man in the house. She put her hands on her hips and gave Crookshanks an annoyed look. Granger, I've very nearly been living with you for several months. He should be used to me by now. Yes, but this is a new place, and cats are very particular about their habitat. He may act out a bit. Draco sighed and raked a hand through his hair. Wonderful. Hermione smiled and slapped her boyfriend playfully on the bum. Shall we start unpacking? Moving in November had been an odd choice, but at least Hermione had avoided the sweaty mess that she became in the summer. She never forgot how miserable it had been relocating to Grimald Place in the middle of July. She made a mental note to Harry and Ginny to see if they'd like to come over for dinner. The kitchen was nearly done, and they were just waiting on a new dining table to be delivered. As she made her way out of the kitchen, she passed what would one day be their office-slash-guest room. Draco was inside, just standing and staring at the only boxes that remained. They were taking residence in the spare room for now, alongside an antique roll-top desk Draco had brought from the manor. As they were all his boxes, she hadn't asked what was inside yet, though she'd noticed he'd been more sullen since they'd moved in. He wasn't teasing her as much and often came back to this room, seemingly just to contemplate. They christened the new bed that first night, but hadn't had sex since. It was odd considering he was normally insatiable in the bedroom. She frowned. Something was off with him. Draco? He flinched like she startled him and slowly turned around. Somehow, he looked even taller in this room. Must be the low ceiling. Hi, love. 
What are you doing? Just thinking. He offered her a wan smile, but it didn't reach his eyes. Something in his expression broke her heart a little. Was he the one having second thoughts? Maybe he'd grown tired of slumming it with her and decided he'd be better off with some pure-blooded heiress. She closed the space between them and enveloped him in a hug. Is everything all right? She felt him take a deep breath as his nose nestled her hairline. Of course. His hand ran over her in a reassuring way. She was being silly. Of course he wasn't tired of her. Do you need anything? He pulled back and kissed her temple. I have everything I need right here. Crooks had always seemed to like Draco, at least more than he had ever liked Ron. Still not as much as he liked Harry, though. Sometimes she wondered if Crooks had loved Harry more than he loved her. At any rate, both of the males in her flat had been out of sorts and seemingly at odds since they'd moved in together. Crooks was now going out of his way to knock things off ledges, especially if it was a glass Draco was drinking out of. She was thankful that as a witch, she could just cast a charm and the red wine vanished from the rug straight away. Hermione figured there would be an adjustment period, but she hadn't expected it would be this rough. Last night, just as they were getting frisky, Crooks had jumped between them and scratched Draco on the chest. She'd yelled and locked Crooks out of the room, but Draco didn't want to pick up where they left off, even after she healed his wound. Hermione was frustrated in more ways than one. Not only were both her boys acting strangely, but she hadn't been properly fucked in a couple weeks now. Of all the things she expected for moving in with Draco, she had not anticipated the amount of sex decreasing. She shook off her irritation and got ready for work. When she arrived home that evening, she was greeted by a strange sight. Draco was wearing a bright green jumper and the flat looked like a Christmas advert from Harrods. He was in the process of decorating a truly ridiculous tree that nearly touched the ceiling. There were garlands and poinsettias everywhere and the delicious smell of something cinnamon wafted in from the kitchen. Darling? She strode over to the counter and ran her finger over the edge of a plate that contained some rather dapper gingerbread men and women. What is all this? Draco turned and smiled, pulling several ornament hooks from between his teeth. Just a little holiday cheer. It's only December 1st. I know, but... He gestured around the room awkwardly and shrugged. I thought it might help brighten the mood. My mood, specifically. Warmth spread through her at his openness. It had taken a long time for them to get there, and she treasured every time he was vulnerable with her. She made her way over to him and gave him a kiss on the cheek. Well, then, I love it. Hmm. He pulled her in closer and kissed her on the mouth. And I love you. She melted into him, but before she could even get her mind into the gutter, a loud crash sounded from the kitchen. She whipped around to see Crookshanks had knocked off a potted poinsettia and was adding at the petals. Crooks, no! She zoomed over and yanked the plant away from the bemused cat. Her cheeks burned as he sat there and licked his paws, looking rather pleased with himself. Draco, poinsettias can be poisonous for cats. I think we should get rid of them. He came over and vanished the dirt from the floor. I'm sorry, Granger, I didn't know. Yeah, we can chuck the lot. It's okay. I guess I didn't really think about it. I usually just put up a tree and maybe a wreath on the door. I didn't expect all of this. You're not mad. He looked a little sheepish, and she hated to ruin his good mood. Not at all. The good mood was short-lived as Crooks continued to terrorize Draco's Christmas display. The first thing to go was the garlands, then the pretty snowflakes he'd hung all around the flat. One by one, her beloved pet had torn each item to shreds. She tried reasoning with him, but all he did was meow in an unbothered sort of way and flounce off like nothing had happened. He was really trying her patience. 
This, though, this was the worst of it. Draco hadn't come home from work yet, and Hermione stood in the living room, hands on her hips, shell-shocked by the mess her cat had made. Crooks had knocked over the Christmas tree, scattering and smashing ornaments, getting himself tangled up in tinsel in the process. He was thrashing wildly in effort to get it all off, and she let him languish a few moments before pulling her wand from her sleeve and vanishing the tinsel. What am I going to do with you? She picked him up and snuggled him close to her chest, despite the annoyance she felt. He'd never acted like this before. What's wrong, hmm? Just then, Draco came home. What in the ever-loving fuck happened here? I'm so sorry, Draco. I don't know what's gotten into him. She could feel the tears welling up, guilt clawing at her insides. Crooks hissed and jumped down from her arms, hopping up on the sofa. She looked at the mess and back at her boyfriend still in the open doorway. Would you be terribly disappointed if we didn't have a tree this year? He let out a huff of displeasure as he slammed the door shut behind him. Fine. Whatever. She watched him stalk off to the spare room and gave Crooks an angry stare. Now look what you've done. Hermione followed at a careful distance, only to find him staring sullenly at the stack of boxes again. He'd made no move to unpack them in the several weeks they'd been in the new flat. She carefully leaned against the door jamb. He's still adjusting. I'm sure it won't be like this next year. Well, I'm fucking adjusting too, Hermione. His voice wavered, as if he might be about to cry. Draco? She patted up behind him and placed a hand on his back. She felt him shake as the tears started. Several moments passed in silence, but then he spoke. Mother always went all out for Christmas at the manor. It was always the happiest time of year for me. Whatever was going on, father always made sure he was home and that we spent the holidays together as a family. I just thought, since I won't be seeing them this year... Hermione was confused. She never gave any indication that she wouldn't want to go to the manor. What are you talking about? He took a few steps forward, letting her hand fall limply to her side. His long fingers stroked the top box. Realization dawned on her, and she frowned. What's in the boxes, Draco? He turned around, sniffing and wiping his eyes. When I packed my things, my parents told me that if I left, I'd never be welcome back. So, I packed all of my things. She gasped. I didn't want to make you upset or make you second-guess whether this was the right step for us, so I didn't tell you. It's because of me. She felt tears of her own threatening to spill over. He quickly moved to take her in his arms. No, no, love, it's because of them. Because they refuse to grow and change and accept this new world we live in. When I first started seeing you, they thought it was just a fling. They still expected me to marry some boring, pure-blood heiress. They didn't believe me when I told them that you were the one. Hermione sniffled and nuzzled into his chest further. She always loved how safe she felt in his arms. I'm sorry. Hey. He tilted her head back to look her in the eyes. Don't be. You are the best thing that's ever happened to me, Hermione Granger. I'm madly in love with you, and if I have to go the rest of my life without decorating for Christmas, it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Hermione felt the words wash over her. The one. The rest of my life. How could she have doubted him? She laughed then as his thumb wiped away her tears. When his lips found hers, she lost herself in the kiss. He'd given up everything for her. When they finally pulled apart for air, she smiled. I'm madly in love with you too, you know. He smirked. I know, because you're a smart witch. She wanted him to take her, right then and there, but as it happened, Harry's Patronus showed up just as Draco's hand wandered up her jumper. 
The stag unceremoniously announced that he was in need of Aura Malfoy's help back at the office for an urgent matter. Hermione groaned and watched him go, leaving her to clean up Crookshanks's mess alone. She fixed all the broken ornaments with a quick reparo and floated them back into their boxes. She then righted the tree and wondered what to do about it. As she fingered the sparkly tinsel, an idea came to her. Draco hadn't fucked his girlfriend in several weeks. Part of it was his fault. He knew he'd been moping, not wanting to divulge his dark secret and hurt her. But also not wanting to deal with problems he knew he'd have to confront eventually. After Christmas, he kept telling himself. He just wanted to get through this and Hermione's first holidays together as a couple in one piece. But her bloody cat had to go and ruin that. He wasn't even sure why. He had always thought Crookshanks liked him. Often when they cuddled up on the couch together, he'd leave Hermione's lap to sit with Draco. He was fairly certain it was one of the reasons Hermione had decided to trust him in the first place. Now, he was on his way back to the office to deal with whatever Potter needed. As it turned out, there was an accident with the new filing cabinet, and the case files had been strewn all across the room. Draco was the only aura available with high enough clearance to see all the sensitive information. Harry had known he'd be able to help him put things away right quickly. Have you told her yet? Harry adjusted his glasses as he scanned the contents of a folder before putting it right. Is this the real reason you called me in, Potter? For a little heart-to-heart? Draco tucked another folder into the cabinet, confident that all the documents were in order. I just know how irritable you've been at work since the incident, and I think things would go better at home if you came clean. Draco huffed and sat on a nearby desk, his long legs stretched out in front. How would you know? Hermione and Ginny talk, you know. All she said is that you've been moody and distant, and, at least, more so than usual. Harry grunted as if unsure how to say the next part. And there may have been mention of bedroom problems. Draco rolled his eyes. We do not have bedroom problems. I'm perfectly capable. It's just that, well, it's been awkward and we haven't had a chance. Harry stopped him. Forget I said anything. Draco sighed. Since you're already so involved in my private life. Yes, I did tell her this evening, right before you called me. I think you interrupted what was going to be some truly incredible sex. Ugh, gross. Sorry I asked. Draco smirked and Harry mimed vomiting. Be sure to remember that for next time. I will. Look, I've got the rest of this covered. Why don't you go back to Hermione? Thanks, boss. Draco slapped him with just a little too much force on the shoulder as he left. As an added apology, he figured he'd stop on his way home and pick up some flowers for her. There was a shop just down the street from where they lived that Hermione loved. He'd apparate near there first and grab a bouquet. As he perused the selection, it started to snow. He popped the collar of his coat and paid for the flowers quickly. He took the first snowfall of the season as a good omen. Perhaps things were looking up. When he finally arrived back at the flat, all was quiet. The mess from earlier had been cleared and a naked spruce stood sadly in their living room. Granger's menace of a cat was nowhere to be seen, but neither was she. Granger? He called, but there was no answer. Fuck, he had hoped he hadn't made her so upset that she went somewhere else. He kicked off his shoes and padded through the house, stopping by the spare room just in case, then made his way to the bedroom, flowers in hand. When he opened the door, his jaw dropped, along with the plastic-wrapped primrose blooms. Hermione was almost completely naked, but that was only the half of it. She had strings of white Christmas lights crisscrossing her body in a shibari-like fashion. They wound around all her curves and cast alluring shadows on her golden skin. Ribbons wrapped around her arms and fluttered delicately off her wrists, 
Her hair was wild and loose, but she had woven strands of tinsel into it, making it glitter as she moved her head. She had a pair of heels on, the ones Draco always said were his favorite, and just below her navel was a big red bow. He gingerly picked up the flowers and set them on the dresser before moving closer. She stood breathlessly still as he traced along one of the strings of lights that went just above her breast. She shuddered as he veered perilously close to her nipple. And what do we have here? She smiled, red lips parting in amusement. I felt bad for having to take all the decorations down, so I thought I'd try to find them another home. Do you like it? Draco leaned in, his lips brushing her ear as he inhaled her scent. Very much so. Hermione wrapped her arms around his neck and pushed to kiss him. Even in heels, he was still quite a bit taller than her. She eyed the dresser as they broke apart. You brought me flowers. He nodded, his hand playing with the lights as they drifted down to her hips. Yes, but they can wait. He fingered the red bow above the apex of her thighs, brushing the soft skin of her abdomen and eliciting a gasp. Merlin, it's been too long. I couldn't agree more, she said before he claimed her lips again. Draco pulled her closer, exploring the depths of her mouth with his tongue. No matter how many times they did this, he never tired of it. Her taste, her sounds, the way she felt in his arms. He had never once questioned his decision to leave it all behind. Hermione was everything to him. Pulling back, he teased her nipples, already taut and inviting, on his way down to play with that mischievous bow again. My present? She leaned in close, kissing along his jaw. It's all for you. He slowly pulled off the bow and flung it somewhere in the room. Just as he had suspected, she was bare beneath it. He shifted her thighs apart and ran his finger through her folds. Fuck, you're dripping. She gripped him tightly as he circled her clit. Like you said, it's been too long. I need you, Draco. He pushed two fingers into her opening and started to thrust. You took the time to do all this for me. Now I'm going to take my time with you. Hermione squealed as he lifted her and set her on the edge of the bed, spreading her legs wide. The lights ran between her legs as well, but left him easy access to her glistening cunt, which he gladly took advantage of as he buried his head between them. He left her heels on, placing her legs over his shoulders as he kneeled before her. He nipped at the delicate skin of her inner thigh, and the moan she let out was almost enough to make him come in his pants. Fuck, Granger, I've missed this. He ran his tongue delicately over her opening before parting her even wider to focus on her clit. Soon, she was a writhing mess beneath him. She panted and repeated his name over and over. Fuck, you're so good with your tongue. He smirked against her folds and added two fingers inside her, crooking them to reach that spot that made her scream. That's a good girl. Come for me, love. Hermione gripped Draco's hair as her orgasm overtook her. The Christmas lights were dragging into her hips and back. She'd probably have some weird bruises tomorrow, but all she could think of as the pleasure rippled through her body was that it had been completely worth it. The look on his face alone was one she'd treasure for a long time. Draco took his time licking her through the aftershocks, a gentle hand on her belly to keep her from bucking too hard. Every time he ate her out, she lost complete control of her body. She suspected he enjoyed seeing her all wild like this, coming apart at the seams for him. There was no one else she let herself be this vulnerable for. She pushed up on her elbows to marvel at him. You're entirely too clothed, Mr. Malfoy. You're so right. He grinned as he stood and 
started a slow striptease for her. By the time he got to his pants, she was getting impatient. She kicked off her heels and scooted up the bed. Draco, she whinged. She pushed her plump lips into a pout and spread her legs open. I'm awfully empty. Merlin, you're insatiable. He shucked his pants off quickly and crawled onto the bed, hovering over her. His cock jutted forth proudly, already leaking pre-cum. Only because you made me that way. Her libido had been barely existent before Draco had come into the picture. She just hadn't known how addicting sex could be. He grinned wide. Fair. I do fuck you good. Hermione giggled, and he took advantage of her distraction to hook his fingers into the lights and push her legs towards her chest. She gasped. Is this okay? These can't be comfortable. She winced as one of the lights poked her spine. They're not, but I'm all right. Hmm. He waved his hand, and the lights vanished, reappearing as they wrapped themselves around the headboard. Impressive. You think that's good? Just wait for what's next. He lowered himself to her and kissed her deeply again before grasping both wrists in one hand and pinning them above her head. He used the decorative ribbon already tied around her forearms to bind her wrists together and then to the headboard. Look at you, all marked up for me. He licked along the indentations left behind by the strings and added his own marks by sucking her skin between his teeth. Hermione loved the pleasure pain when he was rough with her, but she also savored the tenderness of when he worshipped her body. This somehow felt like a combination of both. He pulled her legs up towards her chest again and ran his cock along her folds, just bumping her clit. Her hands were bound in place and she tested the strength by moving. Not so fast, love. He nipped the underside of her breast and sucked a nipple into her mouth. Hermione groaned under his ministrations. He was teasing her, the bastard. But I can't touch you. That's kind of the point. He shifted his focus to her other breast, still running his cock against her dripping cunt, but not entering her. He was driving her insane. Normally she enjoyed their little games, and it wasn't the first time she'd been tied up. But she really, really needed him inside her. Now. Please, she begged. Please fuck me, Draco. Well, since you begged. He smirked as he released her wrist and lined himself up. He thrust home just as she shot her arms around him, and the sudden movement made her dig her nails into his back. He groaned and stilled. Ah, oh, fuck. Need a moment. She smiled, loving that she could still have this effect on him. Take your time, old man. Oh, that does it. You're in for it now, Granger. His gray eyes turned steely. Hermione laughed, but then he started to move. Slowly at first, then setting a brutal pace, stealing the breath from her lungs and hitting her deeply. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah, you like taking my cock as deep as you can, don't you? Such a good girl for me. He brought his hand down to where they were joined, stroking her roughly. She felt another orgasm creeping up fast, more powerful than the first. Draco, don't stop, she pleaded. He somehow increased momentum, the friction driving her absolutely wild. She threw her head back into the pillows and nearly shrieked it felt so good. Bright lights burst forth behind her eyes as he tipped her over the edge and she left scratches down his back. Draco wasn't done yet, though. He kept fucking her through the orgasm, and once her eyes opened again, he pulled out and flipped her over onto all fours. Hermione braced herself on the mattress as he entered her from behind and gripped her legs hard enough to bruise. They hadn't fucked this rough and fast in ages, and she was loving every second of it. He gathered her hair in one fist and tugged her back, making her arch for him as he filled her over and over. One more for me, yeah? 
I don't know if I can. Sure you can, love. I'll help. He sucked on the juncture of her neck and shoulder as he moved her up and down on his cock. Then he sunk his teeth into her. The little jolt of pain combined with his fingers on her clit again was just enough. She came once more, clenching around him with such ferocity that he grunted and slid in deep, holding her tightly as he spilled inside her. After, they both collapsed to the bed, utterly spent. Draco pulled her into his chest and nuzzled her hair. I think we made up for the past couple of weeks, don't you? Absolutely, but if you think I'm letting you take a night off... He kissed her nose. Wouldn't dream of it. They awoke later to the sounds of scratching at the bedroom door. Crookshanks was meowing and turning in circles when Hermione opened it. He sprinted into the room and up onto the bed, settling himself on top of Draco and purring loudly. She cocked her head to the side. Do you think he somehow knew? Draco sat up and started petting the cat, scratching the spot behind his ears that he liked. Maybe he knew I was keeping something from you. He is half Kneasel, after all. Hermione nodded. Interesting. She then grabbed her robe and threw it on. Want something to eat? I'm starving. The next day, they put all the decorations back up, save for the poinsettias. Crookshanks didn't bother them again, and things settled into a somewhat normal routine. They had the potters over for Christmas Eve dinner and spent the night laughing and drinking. On Christmas morning, a beautiful basket arrived filled with fruit, cheese, and expensive wine. There was no card attached, but Draco suspected he knew who had sent it. As they opened the last of the presents, he fingered the small velvet box in his pocket and hoped his parents would change their minds by next Christmas. He'd love for them to have him and his wife over for the holiday. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this reading and would like to stay up to date on other stories from ETL Echo, follow us on Instagram, Tumblr, TikTok, and YouTube at etl.echo.audiobooks. ETL Echo, echoing tales of enemies to lovers.